Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor here at Christ Church Albany, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us this morning. Uh, we're going to start off uh, with a little bit of an interactive activity, and so you might have to be a little bit creative how you do this. And so if you're watching live on Sunday morning, then maybe you could answer in the chat. Uh, if you're watching with people, then maybe you could answer with them. Uh, if you're watching some other time, then you're smart. You figure out a way that you can uh, discuss these questions with someone else. Uh, but here's what I want to talk about. Uh, what we all know is that there's 24 hours in the day, and that's true for all of us. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, what your income is, what your level of education is, what your race is. We all have 24 hours to work with. What we do have a choice of is how we spend those 24 hours. Uh, so uh, in the last couple months, uh, there were some groups that got together and they did a survey, and they do these every once in a while, where they were trying to figure out how does the average American spend their 24 hours that we're all given every single day. Uh, and here's uh, what they found. And what I would like you to do is as I read these, I would like you to say, do you spend more or do you spend less than these time allotments? Uh, so here's the first one, uh, sleep. Uh, the average American sleeps eight hours and 33 minutes a day. Do you sleep more or less? Uh, the average American works eight and a half hours a day. Do you work more than that, less than that? Uh, the average American spends 18 minutes a day cleaning their house. Do you spend more time than that or less time than that? Uh, the average American spends 11 minutes a day doing laundry. And I'm guessing that very much depends on if you have kids and how many kids you have. Uh, the average American spends 34 minutes a day preparing and then cleaning up for meals. You spend more or less. Uh, the average American spends 14 minutes a day on yard work. Uh, so uh, mowing, weeding, fertilizing. Uh, do you spend more or less than 14 minutes a day? Uh, the average American spends 2 hours and 48 minutes a day watching TV. Do you spend more or less time than that watching TV? Uh, the average American spends two hours a day on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, you know, whatever it is, you know, more or less than two hours. Uh, the average American spends one hour a day exercising, more or less. And then the average American spends 51 minutes a day grooming themselves. And uh, I won't answer all the questions right now, uh, but I will tell you, I spend less than 51 minutes a day uh, grooming myself. And that may come as a bit of a surprise, but this actually takes a lot less uh, time uh, than that. Uh, here's the question that I want us to kind of ponder today. So we all have these 24 hour time blocks and we have all these things that we gotta fill in, you know, and on top of sleeping and cleaning the house and getting the yard done and working, you know, there's all, you know, we have uh, time with our kids, time with, you know, maybe a significant other. Uh, we have church things we wanna get in there. We have all these things that we're trying to put in our day and often it's just a struggle for all of us to figure out how are we gonna get everything done that we need to get done and what is going to be the priority. And then every once in a while something will come up in life and it'll shift how we spend our time. 
Uh, and so maybe you have a, a big thing uh, going on at work right now. You know, there's some big project going on and you know, and you're now spending way more time at work than what you were and you know, that's cutting in to maybe the time that you're sleeping, maybe it's cutting into the time that you're cleaning or spending time with other people. Uh, or maybe there's a holiday coming up and you're gonna have people that are gonna come to your home and so now all of a sudden the amount of time that you're spending cleaning or the amount of time that you're prepping meals goes way up because you have this like new goal of the holidays uh, or maybe you found a new show and you're just like addicted to the show and you you know you have this goal you want to find out how it's gonna end and so now all of a sudden you know you're just you know staying up later and later and later than what you should because you just want to finish this show uh, or maybe uh, it's a person and like you've just you've met someone and maybe they're a little cute and now all of a sudden, like it's it's changing your routines. It's changing how much time you're spending getting ready. It's changing even how you're spending time at work. You're spending time now thinking about that other person or thinking about uh, what you're going to be doing uh, over the weekend. And so here's the question that we want to look at: is well, what are you focusing the time of your life on? You know, well, what is the the goals that you have in your life and how is that impacting how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, how you are leveraging the time and ability that you have here on earth. Uh, today we want to look at a uh, scripture. Uh, if you've been with us, we've been looking the last couple months now at a letter called 1 Corinthians. And uh, for the last couple weeks, we've been looking at a specific chapter in that letter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And the background to this is it was written by a guy named Paul, real guy, 2,000 years ago. And he was one of the very first Christians. And he was writing to this group of brand new Christians in this town called Corinth. And Corinth was a big, pretty important city in the kind of Greek-Roman world. Uh, it was a very important city politically. It was a very important city trade-wise. Uh, there was a lot of money in Corinth. And it was a very important city athletically. Uh, in the ancient world, there was two big athletic games uh, that would occur. Uh, one was the Olympics, which would take place every four years in Athens, and the other was called the Isthmian Games. And the Isthmian Games would take place every two years in the city of Corinth. And so every two years, the best athletes in the world would descend on Corinth. Uh, and it's thought by most biblical scholars that Paul would have been in Corinth when one of these Isthmian Games was taking place. Uh, Paul lived in Corinth and helped get the church in Corinth started and he lived there for about a year and a half and while he was there uh, one of these games would have taken place and he would have had literally a, a front row seat to these games uh, because Paul's day job what he did to make money was he made tents uh, he made these temporary canvas shelters and it's thought that many of the athletes that came in for the Isthmian games and many of the spectators who came in for the Isthmian games would have lived in tents made by these tent makers and so Paul would have spent a huge amount of his time kind of right in the the athletic village like right where all these athletes athletes were, watching them train, watching them prepare, and then watching them compete. Uh, and now this is what he's going to write in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, kind of this metaphor uh, using athletics. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
Uh, so Paul says, here's what I've seen being here for two and a half years now and watching all of these athletes. Is, I mean, they, they compete, you know, and they have this, this goal, you know, I mean, they, they, they want to race, and they want to run fast, and they want to get the prize. But it's not just that they like woke up in the morning and decided that they were going to race and that they were going to go for the prize in one day. Way before actual race day, they put themselves into a strict training routine, this strict training regimen so that they could get ready. And I watch these athletes and they're up early every day and you know, and then the way they eat. And what happens uh, when you have a goal of winning a prize is you actually take your 24 hour time period and you might adjust how you spend that time and you take the things that you're doing in that day and they all, if it's a big enough goal, all become in service of that goal. So it's not just that you're sleeping now, but you're sleeping because it's a part of your training plan. It's gonna help you run better. It's not just that you're preparing meals, but you're preparing meals so that it's meals that will help you with your training plan. Your whole world gets centered around getting ready for this. Uh, and this is how it always works, uh, especially in athletics. Uh, last year, uh, one of the most uh, amazing things happened in the athletic world and in the running world. Uh, there was a guy named Elliot Kachobi, and he broke a record that a lot of people thought was maybe impossible for the human body to physically break. Uh, he ran a marathon, 26.2 miles, and he ran it in under two hours, which is just crazy. Uh, that meant his mile splits, so 26 miles, his mile splits were four minutes and 35 seconds, which uh, I don't know if you know how fast you can run a mile in, or if you remember back to middle school when you uh, were, we all had to run the mile for PE, but a four minute and 35 second mile is crazy fast. Uh, that's fast enough that last year in the New York State High School Championships, if you ran a four minute and 35 second mile for just one mile, then you would have been in the top 20 of runners for the whole state of New York. And he ran it for 26 miles. Uh, if you want to go down a YouTube wormhole at some point, uh, after uh, Kachobi ran and broke the record last year, uh, there kind of was a YouTube ch uh, challenge where athletes of all kinds of levels would go out and try to run the Elliott Kachobi pace and they would try to do it for as long as they possibly could. And most athletes couldn't do it for more than like a mile. Uh, a lot of them couldn't even do it for like a half a mile because it's just so crazy fast. And you wonder, like, all right, how did you get that fast? How did you, you know, was that something you're born with, you know, or are you just that naturally talented? And just maybe a little bit of that. But he was a part of this regimented training plan. Uh, and again, if you want to fall down a YouTube uh, uh, hole for a little while, look at how he trained. And I mean, he's been training for years and years and years to become one of the best marathoners in the world. But then he took what was already an amazing training regiment and he brought it up another level. And literally his whole life was focused. I mean, the, the way in which he slept, the way in which he ate, the, the, the people that he spent time with, it was all in service of this amazing goal of trying to break a two-hour marathon. And that's the same way it is of kind of anyone who achieves greatness in life. I mean, anyone that you've ever seen that's a, a great musician, uh, anyone that's a great dancer, uh, any scientist that's doing an amazing discovery, anybody uh, in business who, you know, entrepreneur started this business that's just skyrocketing, uh, and even anything that's in personal life. You know, anyone you see that just has a great marriage, uh, anyone who just has really, really deep friendships, uh, anyone who's just making a 
big difference in the world. It, it didn't just happen. Uh, it was a part of a training plan. It, it was a part of them saying, I am going to focus a huge amount of my time and energy over the next days, months, years towards this goal that I have. And Paul says, that's, that's what I've seen these athletes do. But then Paul is going to go on. Because what Paul is not saying, this is not a verse and this is not a sermon about, hey, we, we should all just have big dreams and big goals, you know, and if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Paul's going to say, you should have a goal and you should train and focus towards that goal. But make sure that the goal that you are working so hard for is going to be worth it. Uh, Paul goes on. Uh, he says uh, they do it. They, they, they do all this work. I mean, these athletes. I mean, they're they're waking up early, and you know, they're they're giving up eating junk food and donuts, and you know, they're they're sleeping extra, and they're you know, uh, foregoing uh, other job opportunities that they have. I mean, they're just so focused on this goal of running this race and training. They do it all to get a crown that will not last. In the Isthmian Games 2,000 years ago. Uh, if you won the prize, the, the prize was a, a crown that they would put on your head and it was made out of some perishable item. Uh, often it was made out of celery. And uh, I don't know if you have celery in your fridge or not, um, but if you ever left celery in the fridge too long, it gets pretty gross pretty quick. And so they would get this crown and they would have it and it'd be great. And then, you know, a week later, a month later, it would just mold and deteriorate away. And they worked so hard for this thing that just isn't going to last. And I wonder, is it possible that some of us sometimes spend so much of our time and energy towards goals that just won't last? I mean, we're just, we're killing ourselves at work right now to get this project done, you know? Or we're just, you know, we're marathoning these TV shows or we're, you know, working on something athletically to get our bodies in shape. And like, it's, it's fine, but we're putting so much effort towards it and in the end, is that really what is going to matter? I think who really nails this is uh, movies. Uh, it feels like there's a million different romantic comedies out there where the, the main kind of plot of the movie is that there's somebody who has just like achieved this great life. You know, they have a great career, they have a great house, they have a great car, you know, and it looks like they've made it in life. And then something will happen and they'll have some sort of an epiphany and they'll realize, Man, in order to achieve all that I've achieved, what I haven't got is relationships. What I haven't got is love. It, it, it cost me so much, and what I have, this job, is fleeting away. Uh, maybe the biggest example of that is this is a lot of Christmas movies, uh, but there's a movie, uh, The Christmas Carol, about Ebenezer Scrooge. And Ebenezer Scrooge is this guy who has this you know, thriving business and all kinds of money. And he realizes in one night that in order to do that, it, he has made himself where he is, he is alone, he has lost relationships, uh, he's just become kind of a bitter, single-focused person towards something that soon he's going to die and what's going to happen with all of his money, what's going to happen with his business. And maybe some of you have experienced that before where you've just worked like crazy to get a degree or you've worked like crazy for an athletic feat or you've worked like crazy for some project at work and then it's, it's over and you, know, you, you retire or you quit or you get fired and you wonder like, was it really worth it? 
You know, was that worth losing all that sleep over? Was that worth, you know, the time I lost with my kids, the time I lost building deeper relationships with friends, uh, the time I lost with God? And Paul watches these athletes that are just so single focused on this one goal and say, yeah, it, it, that's amazing that they're doing that, but they're doing it for something that's gonna, that's gonna fade away. And Paul says, I have decided with my life that I'm going to focus my 24 hours of my time. I'm going to put everything I have in service of a goal, but I'm gonna make sure that it's not something that is just gonna be fleeting. I'm gonna make sure that it is for something that will go on. Yeah, he says, they do it for a crown that will not last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. So he says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave. And Paul says, I have put myself into a strict training regimen. Uh, I too, just like these athletes, I have put my 24 hour day in kind of service of this one big goal of my life. You know, the, the, I'm not just sleeping, I'm sleeping so that I am ready to tackle my goal. Uh, I, the way in which I eat, the way in which I spend my time, it's all in service of this big goal that I'm trying to achieve in my life. Uh, he says, I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so we ask, all right, Paul, what's, uh, what's this big prize? Uh, what's this goal? What's this thing that you're working so hard to do? Because if you've been following us, uh, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he sacrificed so much. Uh, he had a, a career where he could have made lots of money and had lots of power, and he gave that up. Uh, Paul traveled around the world. Paul decided that he was going to live in towns like Corinth for a year and a half, and to be able to support himself, he would work a peasant job as a tent maker. Uh, Paul spent so much time speaking, so much time writing. Uh, much of his life was incredibly difficult, and he just worked and worked and worked. And he said, why, Paul? Why were you working so hard? What was this big goal that you were working for in your life? And earlier, Paul tells us in uh, verse 19 of chapter 9, he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, you know, I, I could spend my time however I want, but I have made myself a slave to everyone, and here's why, to win as many as possible. Paul says, hey, here's the goal of my life, is I want as many people to know about Jesus as possible. Because Paul, like maybe some of us, I hope, had had an experience in his life where he met Jesus. I mean, he was going on with his life like normal. He had goals and was just a part of the culture like normal. And then one day he met the resurrected Jesus. And in that moment, Paul knew that it was all real, that there was a God that we don't live in a random world where things are just happening, but we have a world that was created for a purpose and that we are created for a purpose and that God has a plan for every single one of us. He believed that Jesus was not only just a good teacher, but he believed that he was the son of God and that our sins can be forgiven because of his death and that if we listen to the things that Jesus taught us how to live, that we can live the life of heaven, not just someday, but we can live it right now. And Paul walked into cities like Corinth, 
where he saw people living for just money and power and jobs and political success and athletic success and, and he said there is something bigger and richer for it. I see these people that are living lives that are just not the full extent to what they could be living. And Paul's heart would just break and say, I just, I want them to know about Jesus. I want them to know what it feels like to live this life. And I will do whatever it takes for, to, to win them, for them to be inspired, for them to hear, for them to know about it too. And as I, I hope you know, that's really the, the heartbeat of our church. Uh, seven years ago now, we, we started a brand new church, and it wasn't because Albany needed any new churches. They especially didn't need any new church buildings. But it needed a group of people because there were so many of our friends and neighbors that were just living just fine, okay lives, or, or maybe they were living very frustrated and angry lives. And God has something so much better for every single one of them. God has something that he wants to do in every single one of their lives. He wants to do something in every single one of their hearts. And we walked up and down our streets and we prayed and we tried to think, what would it look like for us to have a church that people could explore their faith and they could start to understand what Jesus was like? And many of us uh, have said, we want to be able to give a good portion of the 24 hours of our of our life every single day towards that goal that while I'm at work I'm not just working I'm there to help other people understand the love of Jesus uh, that why I have a house and why I'm keeping it clean and why I'm getting meals ready is so that I can help bring other people in and I can help them know about who Jesus is that the way in which I spend my time I make time to pray for people I make time to spend time with people I make time to make sure that I am encountering Jesus myself because I want to make the goal of my life to understand, to help other people understand who Jesus is. Uh, so, two things as we end. Uh, we're going to take communion, and we take communion uh, every week, and we remember that Jesus died for us. But one of the things that uh, I do uh, most weeks when I take communion, and I'm going to encourage you to do today, is uh, I also spend time thinking about some different friends and neighbors in my life people who don't yet know about how much Jesus loves them. And I dream about the day when they too will be watching on their phone or computer or maybe coming back to a building someday and they too will take a, a little bit of bread and they will take some juice and they will remember that there's a God who loves them and has a plan for them and that that God wants to start doing something amazing in their life. Uh, so let's take communion today and let's remember that God loves us and let's think about the other people in our lives and how much God loves them too. And secondly, I would like you to think about how are you currently spending your time? Are you proud about the way you spend your time? Is the way in which you're spending your time helping you get towards a goal that you want to be at someday? And is there maybe some adjustments 
that you need to make in your schedule or way in which you could spend part of that time with a different focus in mind so to make sure that we are living our lives for something that will last. And it's pretty interesting when you look back at Paul that that's exactly what happened. I mean, think about Corinth 2,000 years ago. I mean, there were so many people that were athletic celebrities, amazing. You know, there's uh, people that were rich and powerful, people that were amazing in business, people that were amazing in politics. And for the most part, we don't know any of them. But we're still talking about this guy, Paul, this peasant, poor tent maker who spent his life in service of a goal to make sure that as many people as possible could know about the love of Jesus. And Paul's life mattered. His prize that he received didn't just fade away, but it is something that we are still reaping the benefits of now 2,000 years later. And your life can be the same. And my life can be the same. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, help us to live our lives for great purposes, for great stories. Help us not to squander our life just doing things that just feel busy and that are filling our lives with stress, but help us to be a part of the things that are what will last forever, which is people and you and souls. Help us to live in service of that, to sacrifice for that, to train for that. Let me pray. Amen. Love you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week.